You know, I can't help but reflect. Uh, we did the song The Lion and the Lamb this morning. I remember Teresa and I going to a meeting in Dallas that uh, was a several day meeting and uh, Leland was there with his group. And that's the first time I'd ever heard that song. He wrote that song. You know, he made a big hit out of the way back there. He didn't write that one. Yeah. African lady did. But he wrote The Lion and the Lamb and uh, it was one of the most fantastic impacts uh, with me on a song and oh gosh, just in the top, you know. Um, the lion and the lamb. You think about Revelation, and it says, "Where is basically where is the lion of the tribe of Judah? Behold, the lamb, the lamb. Jesus is the lamb of God." And the theme this morning seemed to actually be taken along the course of the blood of Jesus, which is paid for all of our sins. And I just think that. Thank God that when I was not worthy, when I was drowning in my sins, when I had no family heirship with the Lord Jesus Christ, that he came into my life and disrupted it so that I could have real life. Him and him alone, praise God. You know, Pastor Kelly, I was, you know, I'm talking a little bit about the subject this morning. And I think about what the church has, goes way back into history. And there's basically scripture only, Jesus only, grace only. If you stay in that lane of traffic, you'll have the keys to life eternal. Amen. Praise yes, God. Amen. Scripture only, Jesus only, and grace only. Amen. amen. Praise God. Well, while our study was not taking intentionally from this verse, it does parallel activity when the church was brand new. In other words, this verse speaks very loudly about the first century church. Acts 2.42 they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Yes. So that's what the New Testament church was all about. And the New Testament church is still going on, praise God. Now, we're going to be concentrating on worship today. And when we look at worship, we'll see that it's not specifically mentioned in that verse. However... It is the one ingredient that touches all four parts of that verse. So we'll see that worship is involved in study of the word. Worship is involved in communion. Worship is involved with fellowship. Worship is involved in prayer. All of those are a means to worship God. We will, you know, we're using communion on our fourth week and we're gonna incorporate Fellowship and breaking of the bread together in what we call community. We're talking about the church community, the church home, praise God, the body of Christ together. So that's what we'll do. We're going to look at God's Word this morning. And uh, we'll start off with, remember the story about the woman at the well. 
you know, Jesus and the disciples are going around, uh, going straight through Samaria, Samaria rather than around it like most of the Jewish people did. Because there was a racial conflict, there was a spiritual conflict, and nobody wanted to have a discussion on that. I'm right. So Jesus kind of disrupted that, that religious cow, and they went right through Samaria. In fact, it's probably a little more difficult than what we can imagine about that. Uh, in other words, uh, to be to go there took them some effort. It wasn't just a shortcut. Okay, he meets the woman at the well. She's had some relations before. Uh, she's on number six that we know of. Uh, so anyway, uh, Jesus told her about it. She goes, you told me everything about me. But the point we want to make here is that in a discussion with her, he's talking to a woman at the well. He's talking to a Samaritan. He's talking to the opposite gender. Neither, both of them identified as what their biological sex was. And I just thought I'd put that in there, okay. And uh, they, uh, they got into quite a few different things in, uh, in discussion. Well, one of them was worship. And we read in John chapter 4, verse 19, Jesus said, Sir, excuse me, the woman said, Sir, I can see that you're a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus speaks, verse 21. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father. He's bringing something together there. He calls them all of the same family Potentially, potentially. You will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. That's very interesting. You worship what you don't know. Uh, one translation says, don't comprehend. We worshiped what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and now has come when the true worshipers, let's pause there a minute. The Berkeley version says, when genuine worshipers, that's still going on today. Not all worship is to God. Not all worship is meaningful to God. It's not genuine. It's religious duty. I will praise the Lord, man, because I need to. Mm. No, you praise it because you get to. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise him to get to. Another translation, the Norley says, it is such worshipers the Lord's looking for. Okay? Those who worship him in spirit and truth. So, yet a time is coming, and now has come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. Do you know God seeks for you to worship Him? Yes, yes, yes. God is spirit, and His worshipers must worship Him in the spirit and in truth. 
Well, a lot of us have been Christian for a number of years that we've heard this verse and we've heard this verse and heard this verse. We need to pause and let the goodness of God be released in this verse. the Spirit and in the Spirit and Truth, several different translations take a little bit of a different view from it, from a little bit different angle, so to speak. Weymouth says, true spiritual worship. Okay? The Weist says, in a spiritual place. I think that word place to him is attitude, in a spiritual attitude. Phillips and Moffat both say, in reality, if your relationship with God is not real, you don't have the same God that I know. I'm going to back that one up. If you don't worship God with a real experience, heartfelt experience, then you don't know the same God that I do. The Warrell has a footnote, and this is extremely interesting. I love that translation. Uh, it's, it's an accurate word-for-word word translation, but he brings out some things sometimes in his footnote. Uh, he says, this actually means we'll drop all, form, all forms of superstitions and worship according to the simple principles laid down in the Gospels. That's a heavy statement. So it indicates what he's trying to do is let us know about the attitude and the place spiritually where the Samaritans are. The fact that he includes superstitions here. And do you know many people who call themselves Christians actually are worshiping superstitions? Think about it. Now, don't just think about everybody else but you. You may have a few religious cows that somebody has told you this or that. You know, there's a a true doctrine of confession in the Bible. Yet some Christians believe if they hear somebody say it scared me to death, which is not really a becoming language, that that means they're going to die. Now, that's superstition. Because you have to believe it in your heart. It's just not becoming of a Christian to say those kinds of things. Like, man, that kind of got me there at first, but praise God, the just shall walk by faith. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Superstitions, they're mixed a lot of times with the biblical reality. Uh, If you, and I'm not banging on Catholics here this morning, but I'm going to tell you, there's superstitions in the Catholic Church, and the further south you go in the Western Hemisphere, you're going to find more superstitions mixed in until eventually that's what it becomes. Nothing but a superstition religious idols and things. You know not what you worship. I'm not judging anybody's heart here, but I'm telling you the truth. And you need to make sure that what you're doing in worship in your life lines up with the Word of God, not with something that you heard sometime. Like one very precious man to me said years ago, well, we just always have been taught this. Well, if you were taught that bologna is filet mignon, would you accept that? 
Oh my gosh, I hope not. You know? You know, if you're taught that a Yugo is a Rolls Royce, a lot of you don't even know what a Yugo is. You go your way, I'll go mine. Okay. I remember those cars came out in the uh, 80s. Uh, they shipped them over from Czechoslovakia to America. And I remember um, I was in the used car business. We sold this guy a used car for his second car. And uh, he came in driving the Yugo one day. And when the salesman asked him about it, he come in next week and he's driving the car we sold him, and then the next week the car we sold him, and the next week the car we sold him. He said, hey, I haven't seen you drive that Yugo anymore. He said, well, the, the engine fa- gave out. He said, well, how many miles did I have it on? He says, 2,000. <laughs> and then the other side of the story, the warranty claim to repair, replace the engine was, <laughs> was more than the car was paid for. In other words, you couldn't even replace it. Uh, if you... The cars then were selling for like three thousand, I think, maybe two thousand. No, it's three thousand. Three thousand, twenty nine ninety five, which was dirt cheap even then. And the engine to replace an engine cost about thirty five hundred. <laughs> they didn't last long in America. God bless you if you bought one. Uh, uh, I'm sure you didn't own it forever. Praise God. Moving right along. So um, what does this mean? Let's do this. Uh, Let's get a glimpse of the Old Testament worship to see what we might learn, okay? Now, remember, the Old Testament is types and shadows. It's pictures of the things to come. And that's the reason that God gave. Also, it's very important in salvation because you're under the law until you become a Christian, then you're under grace. You're not under grace before you become a Christian. I got two heads shaking. Everybody else is going, what is he talking about? <laughs> Praise God. That's true. Amen. Um, we want to look at the tabernacle a little bit this morning where worship is revealed, basically, to people in a systematic presentation. Now, if you'll look at this picture that we have on front, that we don't have on front, that was the one we didn't get up. Sorry. Um, you have the ability to take every word I'm saying and bring it into your mind and get a picture in your mind, okay? That's not new age. Okay. The tabernacle had a fence around it. Uh, it was 150 feet long, so it's half the size of a football field, okay? <coughs> It was 75 feet wide, so it's twice as long as it is wide, okay? Now, there was gates at the front, all right, where they could enter. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, okay? And then what they got in, there was the, uh, the altar. And that was the, the altar of the burnt offerings where they had to present them to the high priest or the priest, uh, the Levites, whatever the presentation was, depending on what the offering was, and they made this sacrificial offering. And then the next step was for the uh, Levites and the, the priests to wash their hands. So they, they got out the, the soap and paper towels and washed their hands and got clean. Okay? It speaks of the washing of the water of the word. 
praise God. Okay, then inside that we have the the tent, which is the tabernacle, Mm -hmm. and it is um, 30 feet long and 15 feet wide. Okay? So um, it's divided two-thirds and one-third. So now the preparation for worship has been done. It's very similar to confessing our sins and getting rid of them for sure. If we confess our sins, he's faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Okay, and then from there, uh, we go into the word. The word's important. It washes us. You know, we take a bath or shower more than once a month, right? Well, why do you think that once a month in your Bible is okay? Huh. Now, nobody in this room does that. Yeah. But you people out there on video watching us, will we forgive you. But uh, get on it! Okay. Um, the first place is called the holy place. And we don't, we're not going to take time this morning, but there are a lot of significant things in the holy place that have a lot of meaning. Okay. Um, the, the table and the bread and uh, the lampstand, altar of incense, a lot of things are there that you could really do a little study on and really come out with a lot of understanding on that. Then there's a veil. This veil was like a curtain that oxen couldn't pull it into. And this is the veil that made it impossible to go through except with very special presentation and very uh, things of, uh, of, of being ready for it. The only person who could go in the Holy of Holies or the Most Holy, that's the back one-third, okay? All the priests could go in the first part. In the back part, only the high priest once a year with very special presentation. It's also called, the Holy of Holies is called the most holy place. And there uh, were also significant things that you, I really encourage you to study about. With the cherubim and, uh, the, you know, do you know Moses' rod and the tablets were there? Uh, yeah, placed there in the Ark of the Covenant. So that's all there. And the presentation that God gives us in this is to show us how difficult it is for man to reach him alone. We can't. And so we need to take the new birth, the ability to walk boldly into the throne room, like so many words were given this morning, not for granted. The only way that we could get there was by the blood of Jesus Christ paying and cleansing us of our sins. God did everything necessary to walk with us in Eden once again. Praise God. That is the reason we worship God. The significance of worship is based upon us worshiping Him and Him only. No other gods do we have before us. So that's kind of a, a little bit of a, a picture. That's what we do in church service. In our, our singing portion, 
What do we do? We sing. We, we start off with a praise song or two. Then we train. Uh, uh, I got to what the, the word trans, every time I say it these days, it gets me all mixed up. Then we segue <laughs> into um, the, uh, the worship segment or more of a, a heartfelt understanding of God. The first thing we want to do is praise Him, give Him honor, give Him recognition, you know, and Cammy and Katina up there jumping around and stuff. That's all kind of good stuff. But then we go into more of a heartfelt part of the worship. And notice that we make this process intentionally every week that we do. And intentionally we talk or sing about the gospel or the cross. You'll not find us ever doing a week of worship songs without mention of the cross or the gospel. Today we did several, as a matter of fact, because that's the focus point. His death, burial, and resurrection, the focus point of Christianity. Without that, there's no such thing as Christianity. All that's left is dead worship. We have an opportunity to walk in living worship. This is... It's so far beyond the grasp of mankind. Trying to grasp this mentally is impossible. We must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's the only way that we can start to conceive of God, to get a glimpse into who he is and what he's done, and to celebrate that with real worship, real thanksgiving, Will real praise, will honor. We want to bring before him everything we are and lay it down in front of him. Praise God. Now, back to uh, worship, or back to praise, I mean. Back to the first part of worship, praising God. Now, some of us are really good, like Pastor Kelly, getting up in the morning Praise the Lord Jesus, glory to God, hallelujah, singing songs and everything else. How many of you know I'm telling the truth? And some of us come up and go, good Lord morning. Good morning, Lord. Uh, uh, I'll be with you here in a little bit. Well, I have an idea. This is kind of a little spiritual booster. Sometimes we need to have help in praising and worshiping God, like music. And sometimes we worship God with a friend. And sometimes we need those helps to give us a little boost in the morning. I want you to say hi to Georgie. Okay, Georgie is one way that can cheer your morning up. Okay, Georgie just tells him what you tell him. And he gives it back to you in a way that will give you vibrant activity so you'll want to praise the Lord. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! I mean, this guy's got it. Hello? Do you love Jesus? Yes, I do. That's more like it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Somebody join me. 
Somebody join me. That's not my personality. Well, let us help you a little bit. Praise God. <laughs> Worshiping God is fun. I've, I've given you all the boom, boom, boom for Jesus song before, haven't I? Okay. <laughs> that came out of a prayer time. It's boom, boom, boom for Jesus. It's boom, boom, boom for him. It's boom, boom, boom for Jesus who took away our sins. You with me, Tim? <laughs> Tim's so quiet and polite. Yeah, enter his gates with thanksgiving, thinking about how good he is, how great he is, how fantastic he is, what he's done for us, what he's given us. Oh my gosh, yes, that's praise. That's entering his gates with thanksgiving and praise to him, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, as John the Baptist said. You know, John the Baptist probably had him a Georgie. You know, that guy was on it, wasn't he? He was uh, the one crying in the wilderness. How would you like to have that as the logo of your life? Well, it's pretty good because he was crying about Jesus. There comes one mightier than I, one whose sandals I'm not worthy to fasten, one who will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. Praise God. God is so awesome. Remember the one thing I read about uh, the comment that we worship him in reality. In reality. And we put down what war else say. We put away the superstitions. And we replace them with real heartfelt relation uh, worship in that such as we find in the Gospels, the simplicity of worship in the Gospels. In other words, we don't have to go through a lot. We just have to listen to the Holy Spirit and remember what the Word says. Psalms 100 verse 4, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. There's enough right there, those two verses, Psalms 104 and 5, to get you happy clappy for a whole day. Praise God. Amen. His gates with, we can enter his gates with thanksgiving. We don't have to have a ritual to go through because the blood has cleared the way for us. One thing that we learned from the Old Testament is an order for corporate worship. This is also great, a great order of worship for each of us as individuals. But in view of what the New Testament says, we don't have to have one, two, three, four, five. We're free to worship God according to the Spirit within us, contacting the Holy Spirit and by the Word of God. 
When Hezekiah was king, he assigned the priests and Levites to divisions, each one of them according to their duties of priests or Levites, to offer burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, to minister, to give thanks, to sing praises at the gates of the Lord's dwelling. Then the, the altar of burnt offerings, uh, it's lay worship, and then there's temple worship. Lay worship, the instructions were given for how to you worship as an individual. Then the temple is what we've been talking about here. Then the holy place, then the most holy place. We need to take that in reference to our mindset that God has given us permission and made us able to walk through all of these particular steps. You can see how this order of worship is reflected in our services today. That's all there is to it. Now, 1 Corinthians 14, 15 says, I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. That reminds me of what we just read there in John chapter 4. I will sing with the spirit, I will sing with the understanding. Understanding meaning Scriptural reference with a renewed mind, your understanding agrees with the Word of God. Amen? Ephesians 5, what does it say? 517. Therefore, do not be foolish. That's a good thing. But understand, understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with the Spirit, you're going to what? You're going to give glory and praise and honor to God. Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I like it where it says, make, singing, making melody from your heart to the Lord. Your heart, as we've taught about in the Spirit, Soul, and, and Body series, your heart is made up of your soul and your spirit, your inner being. So you're connecting what? Spirit and the salvation of your soul is what? It agrees with the word of God. Okay? So you're talking about a transformed person into a new creation and that transformed person, that new creation will be able to sing out of the spirit, singing, making melody to the Lord. It doesn't make any difference how many times you've broken keys singing that because God wants to hear your voice. I worship you, I lay my life down at your feet, I worship you, you are all that I need, oh Jesus, I worship you, I lay my life down at your feet. I worship you, Jesus, you're all that I need. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. And you can just go on and 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 on, you know? Oh, 
when you don't want to stop is when it really gets good. Worship him out of your understanding. I know that he is Lord. I know who I serve. I know he is mine and I'm his. We're together in this. All of his promises are yea and amen. This is not some religious fable, some superstitious form of trying to do good or be good. It's the life of God in Christ Jesus. I can teach it all day long and some people will probably never get it. But I know you are getting it. I know it's encouraging you and enhancing you and inspiring you to go deeper with your relationship with God because that's what this thing is all about. Praise God. That's what Jesus is all about. The lamb who shall be worshiped. The lion of the tribe of Judah who shall be worshiped. Continually ongoing. Never ceasing. Oh, heaven's going to be a noisy place. Colossians 3.15, it's similar to what it says in Ephesians. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you are called to peace. And be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms and hymns and sings, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your heart. Out of those things will come the peace, the thankfulness. When you, you thank God and you start doing these things and let your spirit be released and sing and, and to each other, to yourself, to the Lord, makes no difference. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. That's the, where I come in and say that's when you're wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up with Jesus. Praise God. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. There is no hope of glory without Christ shining through you. That's so good. Truth. What about truth? Most of that's about the Spirit. Well, Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. By the way, that's Zoe life, the life of God. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, if you really know me, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. You know, people in the world are so hungry to see God. They can see him through you. They can feel him through you. 
they can get a witness of God through your lifestyle and the way you treat them, the way you respond to them. Like Ben Priest said one time, ex-Hell's Angel, meeting one of his old Hell's Angel people in a warehouse. And he was preaching to him. The guy told him to shut up. I don't want to hear that stuff. He kept on preaching to him. The guy says, I'm, I'm, I'm any man. Shut up. And he just kept on preaching. The guy pulls out a pistol and holds it to his head. Shut up or you're dead. Ben Priest looked at him and said, make my day. This guy threw the pistol down right there and ran out the door. Smith Wigglesworth getting on a train in England one time. The little compartments. There was already a person there. Smith goes inside and sits down by the man. The guy bows his head. Puts his hand, his face in his hands. He says, my gosh, man. You convict me of my sin. Wigglesworth didn't even say anything. He carried an anointing. Because he worshiped God. I heard him say something on tape. This was said of him, I should say. I didn't hear him say it. I was one when he died, I think. so. Uh, but uh, one of the two guys that used to go around and, and talk about him, he said, Wigglesworth said, I've never prayed more than 30 minutes. Some people would go, wow, really? And you talk about praying two hours or something? He said, also... But I've never gone more than 30 minutes without praying. So that brings a new level. And, you know, a lot of people don't want that. They don't care about it. I pray that you do. I pray that you taste of the Lord and see that he's good. See that he's luscious. That his word is life unto your bones. Just confessing, declaring the word of God can bring life to your situation. No disease shall come near my dwelling, Psalms 91. You have no choice, disease. I live in this dwelling. I'm also in a house. That's my home. You don't cross the threshold. In fact, you don't even step on my property. I have been crucified, but nevertheless I live, yet not I, but he that lives in me in the life I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, Galatians 2.20. What about that? You live by the faith of the Son of Jesus? Oh my gosh. How good does it get? You think of anything any better than that? <laughs> it's simple, but it's powerful. The very same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And he who raised Christ from the dead shall quicken, make alive with a God kind of life. My mortal body... Now, when I get to heaven, my mortal body, by his spirit, 
who lives in me now. I added the word now. Who lives in me. These are treasures, gems. You can't pay for them. You cannot buy them. You cannot go to the Christian bookstore and say, I'll take a dose of life. Unless you buy a Bible and read it in the Holy Ghost. These are truths that so many people have experienced something different. So they say, well, that's just not for today. Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even in Malachi, God says, I'm the Lord, I change not. He's the one thing that doesn't change in our world. He's the objective truth. Ah, I need to preach fourth man again, don't I? I might be doing that here pretty soon. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus also said in John 17, 17, sanctify them with truth or by the truth. Your word is truth. See, here again, spirit, soul, and body, we teach that sanctification, the, our soul salvation, one and the same thing, the time you, from you're born again to the time you leave this earth, that's what's happening the word of God. You renew your mind to the word of God to prove what God says. Good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. This sanctification process or soul salvation process is truth. And the more truth we have, the more we've got to be able to praise God for. The more that we see, the more the door opens up widely. And we're not just banging on the, the, the gates to enter the arena but we're walking into the holy place. And then we will and we can and we have obtained into the most holy place. Do we take that for granted? I sure hope not. Will you time you get there with your relationship with God and the presence of God on you? You don't really care about anything else. All you want to do is just stay there. I'm not talking about some thing that's out of reach or some hyper-spiritual thing. I'm talking about the simple gospel. If we start talking about worship in spirit and truth, which, by the way, eliminates all the little gods, little G, and everything possible that could connect with it, eternity itself would not be long enough to worship God. But let's take a few directed <clears throat> attempts at it this morning. We often think of singing and music as worship. Well, it certainly can be. Of course, it can be used to worship other gods too. Hint, 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 secular music, so much of it, which it often is. Why? Because... Satan, a.k.a. Lucifer, knows music, and he knows the power and strength in it. So what are your words saying in music? And is it some religious memorization? We shall gather at the river. 
I'm not making fun of people. I'm just saying that can be very, very, very monotonous. I'll let Pastor Kelly sing it next time. Is it just something we sing that we just remember in our head? Are we singing glory to the King of kings and to the Lord of lords? Are we touching his heart with our heart? Are we grasping into his loveliness? But there are other ways of worship other than singing other than making melody in your heart. Prayer, it's been said, is the highest form of worship. Well, prayer's communion with God, and that's what we're doing in worship. And of course, prayer itself is unlimited. The Word. The Word gives total preeminence to Yahweh. Worship by studying the Word not just reading something, but studying it, like the little scripture cards that we gave out last year. Studying that, breaking it down. That releases the power of God, the ability of God, the anointing of God, however you want to term that, the grace of God, to be able to be what you're not, to be able to do what you can't, to be able to take over when you need some help in here. That's what it's all about. Fellowship. Iron does sharpen iron if it's fellowship in the Lord. Speaking to each other, like it said in Colossians, admonishing each other, sharing with each other, talking about Jesus with each other. Not just some kind of a, oh, well, let's get together and go have a hamburger. But how about let's get together, have a hamburger, and we'll talk about the Lord. What's he doing in your life? What are your expectations? What is important to you? What has God done in your life lately? Do you have a, a testimony you want to give? I want to hear some testimonies coming in here. I want to hear some things that God's done in your life. There's, if, you're not having, if we're not having changed lives, we need to shut the door. Well, well. Yeah. And none of us are too, so young that we can't learn more. You know what I mean there, all of you that are <clears throat> a little older. We need to keep growing. We need to keep digging. We need to keep searching. We need to look and search for righteousness, for the word, for God. Where are you in this situation, Lord? Oh, you were there, right? Hmm, now I see. Well, what about this particular verse? What does it mean? Well, he, Lord, are you going to tell me? The Lord says, you'll find out. And as you seek him, you will find out. He is to be found. You may do it through any of a gazillion different ways. But he has nothing hid from you. But many things are hid for you. Get the shovel out. Get that pick out and start going for the gold nuggets. That's what it's all about. Yes, yes. Theirs was a ritualistic out-of-duty performance. 
Today, we worship the Lord out of relationship. We want to. He takes us as the bride. A good marriage? Do the bride and groom talk? Do they have a relationship where they're clear, transparent, loving, working for the other person more than they are themselves? And various and sundry other things we won't get into this morning. Thought that'd bring a smile on a few faces. I guess not. What can you think of? How can you worship God? How about just going outside and looking in the sky? Giving thanksgiving. Looking at that little great-grandson. Jesus did this. Looking at that child of yours graduate high school, maybe college. Maybe just looking at your kids, your grown adult children, and say, I am proud of you, father, husband, man of God. I know everybody can't say that. I'm one of those guys that's blessed enough and fortunate enough to do it, but don't you give up because we had some trials. And we're not through this yet either. So we're going to keep on. We're going to keep on. We're going to keep on. In closing, I would like to make a point to accentuate. A, big capital A, bold face, underline. Bold face, underline. A purpose of worship is to help us get closer to God. That is, to know His heart. To know Him is the way you'll know yourself. When we reflect on Him, we always come up short, and that's good. That's not condemnation. That's good. Because it's something else that needs to be plucked out. A purpose of worship is to help us get closer to God. That is to know his heart. Here's the rest of it. The purpose of worship is to glorify him. The purpose of worship is to glorify him. Until we capture his heart for the lost and continually strive to come into the knowledge of the truth, we could find ourselves on the lateral or service road rather than the main road. As we still get there, but got a lot of stops, more potholes, all kinds of things that you don't have on the expressway. A purpose is to know God, his relationship with him, to know his heart, discovers things about us. The purpose, though, is that we want to be able to glorify him. As in most cases, feelings should never be our goal. 
A lot of people, they just want to feel that feeling should be a result of obedience to God and responding to His will. So feelings is a reward for worshiping God. But if that's your thrust, you need to change it. Build yourself today. Worship God every day, many times in many ways. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is truth. We thank you, Lord, that it will sanctify us, that it will lead us and guide us and teach us and train us. Thank you, Lord God, for Holy Spirit to be involved in our lives to the uttermost. Thank you, Lord, that we can rely not on ourselves, but upon your word and your spirit. Holy Spirit, would you own this place? Would you own Church of Tomorrow? Will you own it in every form, fashion, manner that there can possibly be? We present it to you because we're presenting ourselves to you today in a new special way to be invigorated by your spirit, to be enlightened by your word, to be able to share truth with others who may not be as fortunate, who may not have traveled the road as much as we have, but to be able to disciple them, to help them, to encourage them, to admonish them, to show them that the opportunities of God are before them and that there's nothing short in the kingdom of God. There's nothing short in your word. There is nothing short in the blood of Jesus. Everlasting life is by believing in a heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, Father, and confessing Jesus as the boss of our life. We thank you that you give us that opportunity to say that fresh every day. We believe you. We thank you that we get to live with you forever and ever and ever. May all the glory be yours in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Praise God. Praise God. Pastor Kelly, I'm going to take Georgie out of your reach. I'm concerned that you might want to do a few I might just want him. Might want to get a, a replica of him. <laughs> Bring him into my classroom. <laughs> oh, oh, the stories I could tell about a classroom experience. <laughs> uh, you know, Pastor was uh, sharing earlier on uh, worship in the Old Testament and how the um, tabernacle was set up and so forth, and even the furniture. Uh, uh, this was taught me several years ago. I was amazed by it. That even the setup of the furniture, if you look at it straight from above, it, it brings forth the picture of the cross. So even the Old Testament showed you <laughs> where to go. Because <laughs> you can't do it by yourself. <laughs> Amen? Hallelujah. Uh, this month, uh, as with every month, we have a certain Sunday. Today's the day where we spotlight uh, the missions. Uh, this week is going to, uh, going to be India. Everyone say India. India. India is literally the or very close to the most populated country on the whole earth now. I mean, it's, it's right there with China right now as we speak. Okay? And so, but it has much less land mass than China does. 
But needless to say, we, we uh, um, help several different ministries there. Uh, last name is Easterdoss. And it's such a, a great experience to be with them, uh, with one of them uh, a couple of years ago. And we uh, help them out uh, at different times of the year. Uh, I wanted to share a few things of what India is dealing with right now as you look at uh, some of the pictures that are there. Uh, one of the uh, titles of, of, of news going on is uh, uh, Recant or Leave. Mobs expel Christians in the central state of Chahadasgara. And so they're destroying churches and homes and attacking tribal believers. And then there's another, Christians flee into the forest after the mobs vandalize their homes and churches, same state of India. And then one of India's most Christian states is legalizing gambling. So it sounds kind of like us, doesn't it? So there are areas that are very difficult, being persecuted, and other areas that are very Christian, and now they're being bombarded with things of the world. And... Uh, uh, but here's another title that I thought was marvelous. India Undaunted. Escalating repression cannot seem to dampen the church's growth. Wow. And then here's one that I was just so excited of. Uh, it's India's grassroots revival. With its people turning to Christ in waves, India hosts more believers now than at any time during its 4,000 year history. Hallelujah. This is a time to give glory to God. Hallelujah. For God's work, for his kingdom expanding. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's give him glory. Hallelujah for that. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So just remember India. And uh, if you have a desire to give, okay, during our giving time, you can just uh, put it down there in, in your giving. You know that this is going to go toward missions. Okay, so uh, and as we're talking about missions, okay, I also want to talk about giving in other ways, giving to the Lord, okay, uh, in your tithes and your offerings. And did you know that tithes and offerings, when you give, okay, we're worshiping God. We worship God. Hallelujah. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 11 says, Now this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. Each one must do as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And this I wanted to have you be reminded of. And God is able. And God is able. Amen. Kenneth, God is able. Amen. And God is able to make all grace. How much grace? Some grace. Pretty much all? Come on. Usually grace? Oh. Most of the time grace. Oh. Every time except for. Oh. Okay. And God is able to make all grace abound. Yeah. Yeah. A what? How, how big is abound? How large is abound? For God. I mean, and it's God's abound, not my abound. It's his abound. <laughs> just thought you'd be reminded, you know, so sometimes we, we always do it according to our terms and our definition. But I wonder what God's definition of it is. That might be just a little different. Look at your neighbor and say, that might be just a little different. 
And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always, having all sufficiently in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. That sounds fairly abundant. That sounds fairly abundant. Okay? And so I want you to remember that when we give, we give and he is always abundant in giving back to us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to bring your attention, of course, to the drop box there in the back if you want to go and give in that kind of way. We have the cards there in the back. Uh, Also, you know, the slides on the screen show us the different ways. You can go online or you can go through uh, text to give. Um, Some other uh, announcements. Everyone say announcements. Okay. This Wednesday. Everyone say this Wednesday. This Wednesday we're going to go into our second Okay, our second uh, evening of, of teaching from this book right here. We taught it several years ago. Life changing. I know pastors say that all the time. It's life changing. Okay, and we want to and we want to try and get you to come. You know, because it's life changing. Okay, there's something about covenant. Okay, that most many people. I won't say most. Many people don't grasp. And that's why there's such a difficulty in walking the Christian walk. Because of a lack of understanding covenant. Somehow, so many people get the idea God's going to turn around, walk away, and, and leave you to yourself. Okay? And, and that it's, it, his love somehow is going to go bye-bye. Okay? His love is eternal. His love is stationary. His love, he will always be there. He will, God's word says he will never what? Leave you. He will never what? Forsake you. He will, and, and he stands upon that. It's not every time except. The, if you understand covenant, you will understand that powerful, under, that powerful truth. And more. Hallelujah. So Wednesday night, snacks at 645. The, the actual teaching starts at 7. And uh, then uh, one last thing before we go today. I want everyone to please stand. Turn around twice. (laughs) That might make some of us very dizzy. (laughs) See, when you're 10, 11, 12, and 13, you can do that and then do about 50 more times. (laughs) When you get my age, I'm like going, uh, once. (laughs) I also want to let everybody know that um, uh, everyone look at this wonderful lady in the white sweater right up here, okay, whose husband has a red jacket on. This lady's name is Louise, and it's her birthday today. And uh, (laughs) we... But we wish her a happy birthday. We're so thankful that you're a part of us. You, you uh, are a very vital part of Church of Tomorrow. And, and we just so are thankful to God for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the word regarding worship and what it uh, includes, what it's not, Father. We thank you that uh, it'll settle in our hearts. Hallelujah. It's gone on to fertile ground. I thank you, Father, that it's our joy and our delight to let your word bring change to us and transformation. 
And oh, Father, that as we go out from this place, hallelujah, that we are able to carry what we hear and what we know and what we've learned and be able to speak it forth into this world that we live. And we just thank you for the fruit that comes forth from it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said... Amen. Bless the Lord, oh my soul and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Go forth in that power and we'll see you soon. Amen.